We're in John chapter 4. If you'd turn there, please. John chapter 4. I am, I'm, I love going through a book. I love uh, preaching through a book. I love studying a book. In the Bible, we're looking at the book of John, and all these things are written that ye might believe. And I don't believe it means just belief in salvation and Jesus as who he is. I believe there's a depth of belief that we miss. Sometimes when we read quickly through something, we don't understand all that God wants us to believe. And I, I talk to folks from time to time, and you know what I'm finding that is consistent as I talk to folks? People are searching. They are. And you know what I find with Christians? Christians, they found Jesus, but they're searching for purpose sometimes. You know, you can search for different things in your life in different stages, but if I were to describe something, people are searching. I remember back when I first came on staff here at Hillcrest, September will be three years I've been on staff. I can't believe that. But, uh, you know, time's flown, and of course, as you get older, they say that time moves quickly, and then as you get older, it's like you're sliding on a banana peel. You know what I'm saying? It just goes real fast. Well, I, uh, I remember coming in, and we held a, we hosted a, um, a seminar in our, our Jubilee Center for us to learn how to recover from COVID. Now, listen to me. This has, there's a point here. I'm not criticizing anybody on the struggle that the churches have had. You heard Pastor Ralph Sexton say that since COVID, a lot of churches just have not recovered. Did you know that what, what they said in that meeting, and I've shared this before, is that you can no longer go door to door or go to address to address because people don't want to talk to you. Let me tell you something. I've not found that to be true at all. And the reason is people are searching. And what we bring to the table is the living water. We bring something to help quench that thirst in their soul. Have you ever been so thirsty spiritually that just any morsel from the Word of God was such a blessing? You know, I remember going through a time in my life when I struggled, I had a struggle uh, in my life, and quite frankly, my relationship to Jesus was a little distant. Anybody been through there? And I remember uh, sitting in a service one time after that distant moment in my life. Oh, I was attending church. Oh, don't get me wrong now. You know, uh, we, those of us who are pastors and preachers sometimes go through a dry time in our life. And I remember sitting there and it's like the Holy Spirit just came over me and the Word of God spoke to my heart and it was a renewal. It was a quenching of a thirst in my soul that circumstances had brought on. You know, life's tough. Things happen. Sin creeps in. And sin can overtake. I can't help but think of this John chapter 4 and this woman at the well. You understand, she was out at the getting water at a time of day when she shouldn't have been. It was the hottest point of the day. All the other ladies had already come for the day, and she came to avoid the criticism and the chit-chat about her. She came by herself, and guess who she met? She met Jesus. Now, we talked about this last week, and there's a description of the living water. We talked about how that it's a gift that keeps on giving last week. And, you know, I'm so glad that it is a gift. Did you know you can't earn your way to heaven today? There's nothing good about you. If you don't believe me, ask your wife. 
There, I mean, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But you understand, there's nothing good about us. Really, we're not handsome enough. We're not pretty enough. We don't do enough good deeds. There's no way we can go to heaven on our deeds alone. As a matter of fact, our good deeds, the Bible says, are as filthy rags. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself today, but let me make sure I want you to understand where we are so that you can get that thirst quenched in your heart and that searching can finally find the solution. Did you know that lady came out that day? She was searching for water, but she got introduced to somebody that offered her something. Look in, if you would, please, look in verse 14. But whosoever, here's the ending of what we talked about last week. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Now listen to me. The, water of, the living water of Jesus Christ quenches a thirst that you have and you'll never thirst again. I'm glad that when I got saved and I accepted this living water into my life, it is a forever deal. You know, my wife and I uh, 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 made uh, marriage vows to one another. We committed that we would be together as long till death do us part. That's a commitment. But you know what? I found out what I, I want you to know. We're, you don't have to worry about us ever separating. Because if she ever says to me, I'm leaving, I'd say, where are we going? Because <laughs> I'm going with her. You understand what I'm saying? We have made a commitment. We understand long commitments in marriage. But let me tell you something. When Jesus says, I will give you living water and you'll never thirst again. When Jesus says never, that means never. And I'm so glad that he said that in verse 14. And he said, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of spring, a water springing up into everlasting life. He, there is a well that comes within. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in and it just changes you. And you start giving off this spirit of God from, your, from who you are. I love meeting good Christians. I mean Christians that are devoted to Jesus, that love Jesus, and see the wellspring of water that comes out of them. What a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Well, here's where we pick up today's lesson. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about a life that keeps on living. You know, I love the fact that we can have eternal life. Amen? Amen. How many of you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Will you raise your hand? Amen. How about raising both hands and say, praise you, Jesus. Amen. I tell you what, we ought to pray Jesus for that life that we have, that eternal life that we have. But you know, I love it that we can have that eternal life. Look at verse 15. After he said that to her, she got a little bit, um, she made some requests. It's a simple request, and it's not full of understanding. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be, rest upon this place. Thank you for every person that has gone to the effort of being here today. Father, they got up today. They got dressed. They got in the car. They drove here to Hillcrest. They parked, walked in the building, and Father, they're here. And they're not here to hear me. They're here to hear you. Holy Spirit, they're here to sense the Spirit of God here. God, thank you for the Spirit-blessed worship we had today. God, you are all, you alone are, ho are holy. God, you alone are worthy of our praise. And I pray that today we'll lift your name and folks will be drawn to you. Father, use this time to change us as a result of being here in Christ's name, I pray. Amen. First of all, we want to see her simple request. I'm glad that salvation is not complicated. 
I'm glad that Jesus has made it so because he paid the price on the cross and he's made it so that even a child can know how to be saved. Now, this lady, because of her life and the complication, you know, we adults make things difficult. And you know what sometimes makes our situation difficult is we allow our circumstances to get in the way of, our simp of the simplicity. We think because our life is complicated, we think because we've done, made some dumb mistakes. Yeah, you've made some. I'll be the first to admit I made some. Because we made some dumb mistakes, God just, it's going to take a little extra. Jesus, it's just not that simple. I mean, I mean, Jesus, it just can't be. And she requests. He said, notice what she said in verse 15. Sir, now I think it's good for her to call him sir. I mean, after all, he's a man. He's a Jewish man. And, and she called him sir. But does sir get it? In other words, if you only see Jesus as a sir in your life, he's not your Lord. You, there has got to be more than just a recognition of, he, of who he could be or, or that he's somebody. He's, he's somebody special. And this progressive awareness of who, it happened with Nicodemus. It happens with everybody he comes in contact with. And she said, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now, let me say this. She's getting a little uh, disrespectful, quite frankly, in her response. So I've, I've read commentaries. I really think at this point she's kind of being like, okay, buddy, give me this. Give me this water. You know, I, there's some times when we share the gospel and people, you can tell, people just disregard it. I've been, to, I've been in visits where we, we share the gospel, we share our testimony, we share the truth, and you know what happened? They just said, okay, that's good, pat us on the head, you know, see you later. Did you know that happens? And let me say this, this lady right here, I believe really doesn't understand. Her life has been complicated by her decisions, and she thinks, oh, it can't be that simple. It just can't be. And then, then she says, as a matter of fact, give me this water. I don't have to come here to draw. That means I don't have to dodge those who might criticize me. I don't want to have to be around people I want to. I mean, after all, Jesus, sir, if you can fix this for me where I don't even thirst and I never have to get water again, and you know as well as I do, you, the body can only live for three days or a week at most without water. She's saying, hey, if you give me this, now let me say this. She's not believing at this point. And let me say that there are a lot of people nowadays that say, hey, if I can stamp the past to heaven and have some kind of fire insurance because I pray a little ditty prayer or I kneel down and I get wet somewhere in the baptism, if I can do that, they go, give me that. That's fine. If it doesn't really, I mean, that's all. If, it just, if it's convenient for me, if it makes my life simpler, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. But then whenever we say, oh, wait a minute, there's a cross to bear. Oh, wait a minute, that means there's a lifestyle change. Oh, wait a minute, that's when folks get a little sticky about it. So she had a disrespectful in the response, and she also diminished her need because she didn't really recognize her need. You know, people who you share the gospel with, and don't, listen, don't be offended when folks don't receive you. Uh, but, but people say, Brother David, do people ever tell you no? All the time. But it doesn't discourage me one bit. You know what I do? I pray. I pray, God, the seed has been planted. And you know, some 
plant, some water, but God gives the increase. And God's promised his word will never return a void. It'll always accomplish what it goes out to do. So I'm very confident my job is to witness. It's Jesus' job to save them. And I'm pretty confident he's capable of doing it, don't you? So if I just get out of the way, let Jesus do what he's doing, I don't have to get discouraged. But what knows what happens? She diminishes her need. In other words, a lot of people say, wait a minute, I, 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 you know, she really didn't admit that she had a need. She just said, okay, uh, give me some water. And she didn't own her sin. Look in verse 16. Jesus saying to her, go, call your husband and come hither. Now the complication begins. Because, see, he, she had a simple request, but he gives a revealing reply. You know what Jesus doesn't do? He doesn't mess around. He doesn't. Some of us think that Jesus is some kind of God so full of grace that we can wallow in our sin and he will love us. In the grace of God, he will love us. Let me say, he loves us, but he's going to convict you of that sin. And he convicts you of that sin because he loves you. Did you know, I, I remember getting, uh, getting saved and how God immediately cleaned me up. Now, I know that you're thinking, well, David, I got saved in second grade. And I've shared my testimony about this before. But let me tell you something. What I had a mouth. Somebody said, well, you still got one. Yeah, I do. I got in trouble at school all the time. I'm loud. I say, I say things loudly. And when I was in second grade, I used to, I, teacher asked a question one time I didn't know the answer to. I just got up, walked out of the room, ran home and asked mom the answer. Didn't even tell anybody, just left, left school. That teacher was frantic. She didn't know where I was. I got back and I told her where I went. And she said, oh my goodness, how did, you know, I, that's just a kind of, I mean, I just kind of did what I want. I was a, you know, but God saved me. And you know, I, when I used I. I'm glad there's no second graders in here. I used to curse in second grade. You say, David, you cussed in second grade? Oh, I did. I'm not proud of that. But let me tell you something. When Jesus saved me, he cleaned my mouth up. Be good for some of us to do that. I'm telling you, God cleans you up. And so what happened, he said, First thing you have to do, if you're going to come to Jesus, he said, I, if you really want this water, you got to face your sin. you got to face your sin. You've got, to, you've got to go call your husband. Did you know it wasn't appropriate for him to have a long conversation with a woman, especially a Samaritan woman, out in public? That was inappropriate. But for him to continue a conversation with her where she might make some decision, she needed her husband with her for propriety. But that's not why Jesus said, go call your husband. He said, go call your husband because she was living with a man who wasn't her husband. Now, how many of you would say, Brother David, I know that happens in America. Did you know it's still sin? That is the sin that Jesus is calling her out on, is living with someone outside the bounds of holy matrimony. Now, I want to be on the, I want to be, I want to declare myself clearly. If you are, Jesus loves you, he'll save you, he'll forgive you, but clean up your act and get married. 
The Bible's clear. You say, well, David, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. I just want to declare God's word clearly. Jesus is making it clear here, and I want you to be clear on, you say, well, David, that's not my sin. Guess what? You got another one. You've got to face your sin. He knew her need. Jesus knew her need, and he said, go call your husband. Notice Proverbs 28, 13 says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesses, boy, I love this, and forsaketh them shall have what? Mercy. Aren't you glad we can have mercy from God? Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord. Let me tell you something. You cannot hide from God. You can't hide your sin. You can't hide it from any. By the way, you probably can't hide it from those closest to you. And God wants us to face our sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is written to Christians. Don't tell me that we don't need to all face our sin. And in a congregation this size, there are those who claim Christ as their Savior, and you need to come clean with Jesus. Because I want you to know that he immediately says, hey, face your sin, go call your husband. And then notice, and he held her accountable for that sin. He didn't let her off the hook. He didn't say, hey, oh, it's okay. No, it's okay. That's not what he did. He made it clear. Notice uh, he said, but I like the last part. He said, go call your husband and come hither. Come here. Come close. Did you know even when God forgives our sin, and especially at that moment, God says, Come here. Come here. See, he, James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. But it goes on. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Let me say this very clearly. God wants us close, but he wants us clean. He wants us close. But we have to be clean. You say, David, how can I do that? It's by the power of Jesus Christ. Your, your own righteousness doesn't cut it. It's only the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Did you know when you've submitted to him, you're robed in his righteousness? And yes, there are things in your life that creeps in. I, how many of you say to me, David, I, I sinned this past week. My hand's up. Some of you are so good. Wow. Maybe I need to sit down and let you preach. Come hither, follow me. He said, face your sin, follow me. Face your sin, follow me. Come hither. Thirdly, notice her failed recognition. She's still. Look in verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Now she's thinking Jesus to be a Jewish man, sir. Remember? That's in her mind. He is some rabbi, some sir some Jewish man, so she's thinking she can pull this off and lie to Jesus. Now, let me say this. He said she said that truly, but you understand she didn't tell the whole story. Did you know not telling the whole truth is a lie? And he calls her on it. But he said, now that you said truthfully. That's true. That part's true. But boy, the rest you left out. Listen, we leave out our sin, don't we? We only want to deal with part of our sin. We come to Jesus and say, Jesus, now I'm going to give this up because it's bad for me. But this other thing, it's kind of my pet. 
and I want to keep on, I want to hold on to this. Uh, Jesus, I want, I, want to, I want you to forgive me so I can go to heaven, but don't clean me up so I don't have any fun on earth. Let me tell you something. The best life to live is a life surrendered to Jesus. And if you don't know it, it's because you've never experienced it. You surrender everything. All to him I surrender. All to him I freely give. Let me tell you, when you surrender to Jesus, there's a life that's worth living. And he says right there, he says, I want you to know she didn't recognize him. Boy, I want you to understand some things about the Samaritans. Remember last week I told you they were a, a mixed race. They were biracial. But they were also mixed religion. They had taken the Jewish religion and mixed it up and changed it. For you see, the Samaritans only accepted the first five books of Moses as Scripture. All the rest of the Old Testament, they denied as being Scripture. Now, can you imagine building your theology about Jesus only on the first five books of the Bible? Now, please understand, it's there. It's there. But think of all the things they admitted. See, uh, I want you to understand that in the book of Isaiah, think about just the book of Isaiah talking about Jesus. And let me say this, whenever you learn who Jesus really is, when you get a scriptural view of who Jesus is, it's a wonderful picture to behold. Let me tell you, Isaiah 7, 14 says, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The Samaritans left that out completely of their theology. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our, sor our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him smicken, sm uh, stricken, smitten of the God and afflicted. But, oh, I love this verse. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Let me tell you something. When you leave out Scripture, you're going to have wrong theology, and you're not going to recognize the Jesus of the Bible. And so many times in today's churches and so many times in today's Christianity, there's such a shallow understanding of the Word of God that when Jesus really shows up, there's no, there's no recognition. And when Jesus was sitting on this well there by Jacob's well and he was talking to the Samaritan woman, she didn't recognize him because she didn't have a biblical picture of who Jesus is. Let me tell you, what you believe matters. What you know about Jesus matters. It's important. And she did not. By the way, she also completely missed the Messianic Psalms, 33 of them. Let me tell you something. When you miss parts of the Bible, you miss some beautiful sections that talk about Jesus. She did not recognize him. Notice, I want you to understand, though, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says... But the natural man receiveth not the things of, God, uh, of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I want to I just point this out real quick. You and I cannot understand on our own without the Holy Spirit understand the spiritual truths in the Bible. If you say to me, David, I don't understand the Bible, that's not a good thing to say. 
And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to shame you with that. I'm simply trying to educate you that if you will get yourself in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God will reveal to you truth in the Bible that you didn't think you could understand. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your heart, by the way, a lot of these pointy-headed professors in secular colleges, and I know that kids go to, have to go to secular college, that's, that's great, or even some Christian colleges, they've got all the degrees behind their, behind their name, but they don't have Jesus in their heart. They're teaching a book class called Religion or some kind of class like that. The reason they lead our kids astray, because they are astray themselves, they're not saved. And let me tell you something, they can't understand the Bible. They don't believe the Bible because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. They've never known what it is. And you cannot understand the Word of God apart from the Holy Spirit of God. I don't apologize for saying, I'll tell you the best place for you to get the Word of God is right here in church, in Sunday school, in DT, and all the things we're trying to do to help you learn more about God's Word. But you know, we can't, we don't have uber scripture delivery. We don't do home delivery except online. Let me tell you something. There's nothing, nothing as, as frustrating as people are. You know, someone said the ministry would be great if we didn't have people. As frustrating as ministry can be, it's absolutely the most blessed thing I've ever been involved in. I love, listen, I've been here three years. I've been attending this church for five and a half. Been a member I love Hillcrest Baptist Church. You're in a good church, y'all. Not because I had much to do with it. I've only been here a short time. But let me tell you something. They're good people here that love Jesus. And you connect to them. Let me, don't stay home. Now, those online, you need to be there for health reasons. Praise Jesus we can provide that. But if you've got health and you've got a way, get here. And let God grow your faith. Well, I tell you what, so, so, so uh, she didn't recognize him at all. Then she evades his question in verse 17. Woman, uh, and, uh, Jesus answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, thou hast well said, I have no husband. Verse 18, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that, says thou truly. And notice verse 19. The woman said unto him, sir, <laughs> I perceive I like that, that King James word, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now he's, not, he's no longer just a sir, he's a prophet. Now you understand, she only has Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy in her background. And so she said, I see that you're a prophet, and she's convicted of her sin. When he lays out everything about her, now let me say this, I don't think he had to tell her, every, you know, the, later on, we'll read it, her testimony said, told us everything I ever did. Let me tell you something, Jesus knows everything. When you scroll on your phone and watch pornography, Jesus knows it. You may be hidden from others, but Jesus knows it. Whenever you make uh, inappropriate text or pictures and you send to friends in high school, Jesus knows it. Whenever you have some pet sin, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not thinking any less of this lady than anyone else in this room, than me, myself. You understand what I'm saying? And your sin's no more darker than my sin. I mean, we're all 
But let me tell you something. Don't think for one minute that Jesus doesn't see it all. But you know what? When you know that kind of information on somebody, that's intimate information. And God said, I know this about you. You've had five husbands and the man you're with right now that you're not married to. Boy, the conviction fell. And she recognized his sin. Look at Acts 3.19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times, well, I like this, of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When you get right with Jesus, you get deal with the sin in your life, there's a refreshing. What, that water that quenches that, 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 that thirst, that, that refreshment that comes from the living water of Jesus, it's a, it's a life worth living. And I tell you, when it comes, there's a refreshment when you get that off your shoulders. Look at verses 19 and 20. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Verse 20, our fathers worship in this mountain. Now, earlier she mentioned to, I want to point this out. Earlier she mentioned to Jesus that Jacob's well, she claimed Jacob as, a, as part of her heritage. But notice she said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. They had three mistaken ideas beliefs about the mountain Gerizim right there. She had the Samaritan. They were wrong about three things. I won't go into all that. But she's trying to draw comparisons. You know, it's a funny. When you talk to people about their salvation, they want to dodge their need. And they want to postpone their decision. And what they'll do is say, oh, I believe, I believe the same as you. Well, then how come you're not dealing with it? She said, our fathers worship here, and you say that, and ye say, talking about you Jews say, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Now, I'm going to come back next week and teach this whole passage on worship, if that's okay. Because we, I want to follow her progression and her decision, if you don't mind. We're going to skip around a little bit. But notice what she says. She looked, look in verse 25 and 26. The woman said, I know that Messiah coming which is Christ, when he has come, he would tell us all things. Notice verse 26, and Jesus said unto her, to her, I that speak unto thee am he. She said, I'm looking for the Messiah. I have a thirst that needs to be quenched. I'm searching. I believe he's coming. And when he's coming, he will tell us all things. And you just told some things to me that you would not have known if you weren't at least a prophet. But I believe there's a Messiah. Do you understand Deuteronomy 18.15? That's one of the five books she happened to believe with Scripture. If you'll look there, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto him, unto him ye shall hearken. Deuteronomy gives a, a prophetic reference, and she recognizes there is a Messiah coming. We know that. Let me say this. In you, you talk to someone today or in your heart today, you say, I know that Jesus is somebody, but he's not real to me. Let me, he wants to be. He wants to be. And he says, I that speak to you am he. This morning, I, I know Jesus is not here I'm, as physically. But let me, don't, don't mistake, his Holy Spirit presence is here this morning. His word of God is going forth. Now, I'm preaching the word of God. And Jesus is here saying to you, 
I that speaketh to you am he. I can meet your need. I can satisfy that thirst. I want you to know she looked for a Messiah because she knew. Look and jump down to verses uh, 28 and 29. Then the woman, <laughs> the woman then left her water pot. Have you ever been so excited about something you forgot what you're there for? Have you ever been so excited about something that you just couldn't wait? Have you been so excited? I mean, you, some of you say, yeah, I've been excited. Well, alert your face, would you? I mean, have you ever been excited that you forgot something and left it, had to go back and get it? I mean, she needed water from that well, but she needed the living water more. And she left her water pot. I just love that God puts that in for us to see. And went her way into the city. And notice she didn't go to the, please take this. She didn't go to the chatty party of ladies that would talk bad about her. They wouldn't have anything to do with her. Notice what it says. It, it, please look. And it says, she saith to the men. That was the people she had affiliation with. She had already ruined her reputation among the women to the point that the first group she went to were the men. But notice what she said in verse 20, 29. Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. I'm telling you, she has gone from sir to prophet to Christ and the Messiah and now Savior of her soul. Let me tell you something. Jesus wants to be the Christ in your life. He wants you to know that he's there to meet your need. He's there to satisfy your, uh, your, your need and your, your thirst this morning. She said, is not this the Christ? I love that she accepted him at his word, he said, I that speak to thee am he. She believed him. What? She believed him. She believed him. She believed him. Just his word. Do you believe Jesus' word today? Do you really believe and have you acted on it? For she, she went in and told those men. No, I love Romans 10, 9 says, uh, 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess of thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You know what you can't do? You can't get saved and not tell anybody. I'm sorry. I don't believe in secret Christians. You say, why, David? Well, I please understand if you're being persecuted in, you know, some country like Korea or somewhere like that. Maybe you got to be quiet, but let me, you're going to share with somebody. You know why? Because this lady, <laughs> uh, she, she left a water pot. She couldn't, she couldn't wait to tell somebody. Let me tell you, when I got saved that night, I told you I, I testified five times in church that night. I was so excited about being saved. I didn't know what it all meant. Didn't know where it all going to lead me. But let me tell you something, it's been the best life ever since. And it can be for you too. She accepted by the word that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth in righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. I know that a, a prayer doesn't save you. 
I want to go on record. I know that. But let me tell you something. When you have a broken heart of sin, by sin, if you're convicted of your sin and the Holy Spirit comes to you, you're going to pray to Jesus to forgive you. You're going to pray, Lord Jesus, I want to be yours. I want you to control me. I want you to have me. I want to do You're just going to do that. You're going to confess that. You're going to, tell, you're going to do business with Jesus. And I believe that's going to happen. She accepted him as his word. But then I want you to notice verse 30. Then, then they came out of the city and came unto him. <laughs> Some of us are so shy. We say, you know, I'm shy, so I can't share the gospel. Well, let me tell you, I'm saved, so I can't help but share the gospel. Some of these same shy people act like wild Comanches at a ball game. They'll put paint on, all kinds of garb. I mean, Tennessee fans are crazy. <laughs> Almost as bad as Ohio State fans. Got you in there, Katie. Knees. I'm telling you, we're, we're fanatical about our teams, aren't we? Someone asked me today, do you still pull for the Cardinals? And if you don't know, they're really bad. <laughs> really. Right, Brother Bill? They are bad. But let me tell you something. Brother Walt, but let me tell you something. We still, let me tell you, when you get excited about something, you want to tell somebody. She went in and told those men. They, they got all, they picked up on that excitement. They wasn't just the words that she said. It's how she said it. And it's what's happened to her because of meeting Jesus. It wasn't that she just said, oh, you ought to go talk to Jesus. He told me everything I did. No, that's not how it was. There was a change in her. And let me tell you something. If you're saved today, there'll be a change in you that other people will notice. And they will respond to him because of the change in you. Jump down to verse 39. I'm going to close this thing down here in just a minute. And many, what's that word? Say that with me. Many. You know, I don't know how many, many is. But I notice that the word of God notices that the number is important. I'd rather have every seat in this church filled every Sunday than them being empty. I think we need to understand God wants many. And if many are going to be reached for him, then many have to go after them. Look in verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of the city. This is strong, y'all. Believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Oh, Miss Samaritan woman, you've been married five times and you're living with a man. You mean to tell me that in that one conversation with Jesus, he can clean you up so much that you can influence a whole town is that what you're trying to tell me? No, that's not what she's trying to tell me. That's what God said in his word. Don't tell me one minute. Don't tell me God doesn't change you from the inside out and that people can see the outside because of the inside. I'm telling you, God wants to use us in ways we have no idea. 
There, I'm going to tell you the, the invitation is very simple this morning. Very simple. Two, number one, if you want this living water, the gift that keeps on giving, you're in the right place. It's as if Jesus is sitting right here saying, come hither. Come hither. Come close. Come clean, but come close. He, he said, hey, I'm the Christ. I'm the Christ. I'm the Messiah. I'm here to save you. First of all, if you don't know Jesus, no matter where you are in the room, I don't care if you have to come from the back row, you come on. Amen. Secondly, if you're living a weak, anemic Christian life, please understand me. I've been there. Can I say that? Let me say that again. I've been there. God wants to use you to reach many. He wants to use your changed life to help change others. That lady, you know what she didn't do? She, she didn't go to a soul winning seminar. <laughs> she didn't have time for Jesus to step down. Let me tell you, you got to know the Romans road before you lead someone to Jesus. That's not it at all. He didn't say, okay, now you, you've, got to, you've got to settle all these side issues before. You've got to go clean. You know, that's not what he did. She left her water pot. <laughs> In other words, she put down, she put aside her business, her business, to do God's business. And God used her. Christians, listen to me. I know we're busy. And I know a lot of times it's hard to spread out every, your time over everything. But there needs to be a time when we go to, unto men and tell him, that he told me everything that I've ever done and give a testimony. You know, the best way to lead someone to Jesus is just share your testimony. What he did for me, he can do for you. I'm sure she didn't have all the verses memorized. I'm sure she didn't know all the right things to say. But the whole town and many Samaritans believed on him because of her. Listen, you can impact others with your life. Let's bow our heads.